Hey guys, I'm Kyle Huseman. Welcome back to my podcast. Uh, getting you ready for week 13 of college football this weekend. Rivalry week. Uh, the game, right, the week's right before uh, conference championship week. A lot of uh, playoff implications on games this week with the rivalries. A lot of ranked games. A lot of games that will really help uh, filter out some of these teams getting ready for the playoff. Uh, today, I'm going to be going through my rankings a little bit. Kind of some points about my rankings uh, because the playoff rankings are not out yet. Uh, with Thanksgiving break tomorrow, uh, my family's going to be home, so I will not be able to do it uh, tomorrow after the playoff rank- rankings like I usually do. I will, however, give you my prediction for what the top 10 is going to look like tonight, um, as well as some scenarios that I have made out here who I think would make the playoff in certain scenarios. Uh, with that, uh, oh, as well, I will get uh, my picks for the week as well. Um, with that, we'll start here. Uh, my rankings for this week, the top four is the same as the playoff has been. Um, and I think it will be Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Notre Dame at three, and Michigan at four. Uh, Georgia comes in at five in my rankings, and that's when things started to change. Um, UCF moved from eight to six this week. I had them jumping uh, West Virginia, who lost, obviously, to Oklahoma State. And I had UCF jumping Oklahoma with the win that UCF had over Cincinnati. Their defense played well. Uh, offense looked good again. And the reason they jumped Oklahoma was because of Oklahoma. They scored a lot against Kansas. But they also allowed 40 points against Kansas. Uh, so that was the, the defense is still not you know, f- playing at the level that they need to be uh, to make the playoff, Oklahoma is. Uh, moving after that, you know, Washington State at 8, Ohio State at 9, and then I have LSU at 10. Uh, that's where I think they should be. The playoff committee will have them higher. Again, I talked about it last week. I don't think LSU can really get much higher than the 7 they already are. Uh, I have West Virginia now at 11, dropping to 11. And really, after 9, after Ohio State at 9, the rankings really don't mean a lot um, for playoff purposes, I guess. Uh, they serve as kind of, you know, where some teams are ranked, some teams have lost. You know, Alabama has a ranked whenever LSU, um, Mississippi State at 22. So it has purposes for, like, you know, um, you know ranked wins. But after, after about 9, the playoff doesn't really, they don't really need those other teams. Uh, some things I wanted to talk about, though, I already touched on, you know, the top four did not change in mind. UCF at six. They were at 11 last week in the playoff poll, and I think they have an argument now to be ahead of a team like an Ohio State, a Washington State, an LSU, maybe even an Oklahoma, which I have them ahead this week. Um, and obviously West Virginia, if they lost, I think they'll be ahead of them. Uh, they have the – Ohio State played a one-point win in overtime where they allowed 51 points to Maryland. Um, and Maryland in three games this season hasn't even gotten a total of 400 combined yards. Um, I believe it was Michigan State, Iowa, and Temple combined. They didn't even get 400 yards in those games, and they had over 500 um, against Ohio State. So Ohio State did not play well enough for me to think they should stay ahead of UCF in the playoff poll. They also, UCF also has an argument to be over Washington State. Both have really good offenses. Um, Washington State's defense at times isn't as good um, as it needs to be, maybe, but they're winning because the Pac-12 is down a little bit this year. Uh, I think UCF and Washington State are really almost on the same level. Um, I think that would be a great game. Both teams have pretty decent defenses and really good offenses. I think that would be a good game to watch. Uh, obviously, I think UCF should be over LSU with LSU losing two games and UCF losing none. Uh and LSU's offense really isn't anywhere near what UCF's is. Obviously, LSU has the better defense, uh, but I think UCF would be able to score enough 
and LSU's defense, I don't know. That the, I, I, don't, I think that would be a good game as well, but I still just think with LSU's with two losses uh, should not be ahead of UCF. And I just talked about why UCF should be ahead of Oklahoma because Oklahoma's defense just is not playing well at all. Um, enough for them to win because their offense is so good, but their defense, if they play, if they play a team that has a good enough defense to stop them for you know, a couple of possessions here and there, Oklahoma's not going to win because their defense can't get stops. Uh, looking down a little bit, uh, question I'll answer later, obviously. I'm picking the Ohio State-Michigan game. Can Ohio State beat Michigan? Is, Mich- is Ohio State really even in this playoff picture? Looking at, you know, what Ohio State did against Maryland, I don't think Ohio State can beat Michigan. Michigan's defense, obviously, way better than Maryland's. And Michigan or Ohio State's defense just did nothing to stop Maryland, allowing 51 points, obviously. They, they could have lost that game. Maryland uh, failing on a two-point conversion could have went to extra overtimes. And Maryland really even could have won on that two-point conversion, had a man open, and uh, did not hit. So, you know, Ohio State could have, was very close to being out of the, the playoff picture already. Uh, so, can Ohio State beat Michigan and stay alive in the playoff? That's the big question there. Uh, looking at who's going to be the New Year's Six at large team from the group of five. Obviously, it looks like UCF right now at six. Um, other teams I have ranked from the group of five, Utah State's at 14. Uh, going down, Army's at 23, and Fresno State's at 25. Uh, Boise State is also in there at 18 now. Um, I think that UCF has it locked up. If they don't make the top four in my rankings, they they won't in the playoff rankings. We all know that, even though they should get a shot. Um, looking at that group of five, though, unless UCF loses to South Florida or Houston, uh, or maybe Memphis, it could be Memphis still in that conference title, um, I think they'll be an easy. Now, if UCF loses, that opens the door for the winner of Boise State and Utah State uh, this weekend to have a shot at that New Year's Six spot. It would depend on how far uh, the UCF would fall and you know where the winner of that Boise State-Utah State game would jump to. Um, but yeah, those two teams are just they're hoping for a UCF loss, and the winner of that game uh, would have a chance then. The other question I was going to answer here is, can Alabama lose to Georgia? and make the playoff. Um, you know, that's something that I, I've looked at before. A lot of people are talking about, you know, Alabama's dominating all season. Can't they make the playoff if they lose to Georgia? And I think the answer is no. Um, looking at, you know, you have Clemson, they're undefeated. They're not going to, they're probably not going to lose to either South Carolina or Pittsburgh. Notre Dame is not going to, I don't think they're going to lose to USC. I think it could be a close game. I don't know why I think that's going to be a close game, uh, but I think it could be a close game. But I still think Notre Dame wins, which puts those two teams in. Um, Georgia had if they beat Alabama, that'd be a third team already. Uh, if Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve, if Michigan wins the Big Ten, or if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, uh, if Washington State wins the Big or the Pac twelve, if UCF wins the American, and goes undefeated. I think there's going to be more than more teams than than I think Alabama just won't make it. I honestly think that if Alabama loses, Clemson's going to win, Notre Dame will win, and Michigan will win. And Alabama shouldn't make it. Um. You'd really, I, I don't even know what situation you'd have to see. I think you'd have to have a situation where Ohio State beats Michigan, UCF loses, you know, Oklahoma loses to West Virginia, uh, something like that. So, and then you'd have to have, so there would be a spot open for Alabama. I just don't think Alabama's room to lose right now. Uh, with all, there's still, like I said, nine teams left possible for the playoffs with two games left before the playoff selection. So. I just don't think Alabama has room to lose. I think there'd be other teams behind them that would deserve a shot over them at that point. Uh, 
Now, looking at what I have as playoff locks right now, if they win out, they're in. And it's pretty obvious here. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan. If they win out, they're in. Uh, also added to that list is Georgia. If they win out, they're in. It sounds weird because they still have to play Alabama, and I just said if Alabama wins out. But if Georgia wins out, they're in. If Alabama, that would give Alabama a loss, which would drop them out. And if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, they'd be in. So there's five teams that if they win out, they'd be in. Uh, just on the outside, then you have UCF, Oklahoma, Washington State, and Ohio State. All four of those teams need a team in the top four to lose, or the top five even, uh, with Georgia there at five. I think that's possible, obviously, um, with you know Michigan and Ohio State playing, Alabama and Georgia playing. Stuff is going to move around a little bit, but I don't know that enough for some of those teams to get in. Uh, we'll have to see, obviously. Uh, looking at my playoff prediction for the pl- top ten tonight, uh, I think the top five, top six stays the same. Top seven, even. Uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU for the top seven. I think Washington State is eight. UCF will be nine. And Ohio State will be ten. I think UCF jumps Ohio State because of Ohio State's performance against Maryland. Um, I could even see UCF over Washington State. But Washington State scored almost 70 points against uh, Arizona. So that was a great performance there from the offense. Um, so I could see why Washington State would stay ahead of them, even though even when they've been at eight uh, almost every week. So that would that would not surprise me to see uh, Washington State still ahead of them. Uh, looking, I have three scenarios set out here um, for the playoff, and you know, kind of games that still have to happen. The first one is the straightforward one: Alabama beats Georgia, Clemson wins out, Michigan wins out, and Notre Dame wins this weekend. The playoffs can be obvious. It'll be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. No argument needed. Um, I think that's the, the most straightforward scenario, and that's the one that the committee's probably hoping for, so there's not a lot of controversy. I think that'd be a fairly obvious top four. The second scenario here is Georgia beats Alabama, Clemson wins out, Michigan loses to Ohio State, or to Northwestern. Notre Dame wins against USC, Oklahoma wins the Big 12, Washington State loses to Washington, and UCF wins the American I think that's when you get a Clemson at one, Notre Dame at two, Georgia at three, and then Oklahoma would jump in at four, depending on this is the situation where Oklahoma does not allow a boatload of points. Um, Or if they just win, maybe. I would have UCF at five, and then Alabama at six, and Ohio State right there at six or seven. It would be be interesting then to see what happens there. But I think if Alabama loses – and depending on the scenario that comes out, Alabama could drop a lot um, because there'd be you know five, six teams that would have a better shot, I think, at that point than if they went out. The third scenario is Alabama beats Georgia, Clemson wins out, Michigan loses to Ohio State, Notre Dame wins against USC, Oklahoma loses to West Virginia or the Big 12 title, Washington State wins the Pac-12 title, and UCF wins the American. And that's the situation where Alabama is at one, Clemson's at two, Notre Dame's at three. That's where UCF jumps in at four, and then you'd have, you know, Washington State at five, Ohio State would be at five or six, um, depending on if Ohio State were to win the Big Ten title then. And even if they did, Ohio State doesn't, they just haven't looked like a normal Ohio State team, uh, and that's why I think they would be kept out. And that's where, that's the situation where I think UCF has a shot. That, that win over Cincinnati was big. It, lo- it was a really good win. They looked really good in that game. Uh, so I think there's still scenarios that UCF could get in. Uh, that it, Obviously, we'll see after this weekend when a couple of games pan out, see what happens. 
see uh, what UCF might need going into the conference championship weekend. Uh, with all that said, that pretty much wraps up my rankings. Uh, kind of a reflection here about my rankings, this playoff scenarios and stuff like that. Uh, we'll move over to my picks now. Uh, Ten picks this weekend and three quick picks at the end. My record now in the season is 78-42. and 42. Um, Could be better, uh, but we'll see what we do this weekend. Starting out here, our first one is a Friday game. Nebraska at Iowa. I will be attending that game. Um, living an hour from Iowa City as an Iowa fan, I am going to the game. Uh, Nebraska four and seven, and Iowa seven and four. Nebraska won four out of five, but not against great competition really. And last week, oh, underwhelming win. I mean, beating Michigan State nine to six—that's not impressive at all. Um, Iowa blew out Illinois sixty-three to zero. Again, Illinois not a great team, but to win sixty-three to zero, not allow any points. This is an Illinois team that scored thirty-five against Nebraska. Um, so that's kind of telling there right at the beginning. Iowa an 87.3% favorite by the FPI. The FPI really doesn't give Nebraska any shot. Iowa's favored by 9.5 in this game uh, at home in this final game. Looking at Stanley last week for Iowa, 13 of 21, 178, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Makai Sargent running back, 17 carries for 121 yards, two touchdowns. Also, Torn Young ran 14 carries, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Iowa could, could have scored seven. They could have scored 80 in that game if there was another eight minutes left in the game. That's how uh, quick they were scoring. Uh, Illinois' defense did nothing to stop them. Looking at Nebraska against Michigan State, it was that was I did not watch that game. I kind of watched highlights a little bit. That was, just didn't look like a good game at all. Adrian Martinez was 16 of 37 for 145 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, that's just not, I mean, not great. Uh, the team had 103 total rushing yards and 248 total yards as a team, uh, and they only allowed 289 yards. It was just not not a good game offensively for either team. The defense has played pretty well, um, but you know the offense didn't do anything to make me think that this this is a Nebraska team that can beat Iowa. Nebraska's scoring 30 points a game, but they're allowing 31. Their defense isn't that good. I was going to take advantage of that and score points. They used the tight ends a lot last week against Illinois. Um, I think Iowa was going to win this game uh, with the fact Iowa's defense allowing 16 points a game. I think Nebraska's going to find find it strugglesome to score. Uh, mostly, mostly kind of like what they did against Michigan State last week. I think Iowa wins. I think Nebraska scores more than six points, um, but I think Iowa wins. You know, by that 10 point spread, I think is good. Probably, probably 14. I think that's a good spot. Um, for Iowa to win by there. Moving on, the next one, Central Florida at South Florida. Uh, number six, Central Florida. And South Florida was ranked earlier in the season in my poll. They are now at 7-4, um, falling off quite a bit. FBI has UCF as an 84.5-point favorite. Uh, that's that's went up a lot from when South Florida was undefeated, obviously. Um, Central Florida, as I've mentioned, beat Cincinnati 38-13. Great performance out of them. South Florida was up 17 to nothing against Temple. I picked Temple in that game. Temple did a great job, came back, won 27 to 17 at home, um, scoring all 27 in the second half. Looking at Mackenzie Milton, though, for Central Florida against South, or Cincinnati, 13 to 25, 268 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's, that's normal Mackenzie Milton for you. Um, just a great game out of him. Six rushers ran for a total of 134 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they spread the ball out, rushing the ball. Uh, that was a great game 
Uh, they spread it out. Uh, you know, Milton passes uh, only thir- only completes thirteen passes, so they needed somebody to run the ball, and he did. Mackenzie Milton was very efficient though with those thirteen passes for two hundred sixty eight yards. They forced three fumbles against Cincinnati. Uh, that's how you win a game is forced turnovers. That's that's always big. Forcing turnovers, uh, especially when you're on their half of the f- or on your own half of the field, uh, to give you a short field for your offense. For South Florida, Blake Barnett was 14 of 23 for 82 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, that's kind of part of why they lost, uh, to be honest with you. They just didn't get the QB play to win, play to win them the game. Um, looking at Jordan Cronkite, the running back, 17 rushes, 83 yards, uh, two touchdowns. That was in the first half, obviously. Uh, it looked like South Florida was going to run away with it. They were up 17 to nothing. Temple's offense was not doing much at all. And then the second half, obviously, uh, they came out and they blew that 17-0 lead. Uh, the one thing I didn't look at, Khalid McGee on the defense for South Florida, big guy, linebacker, uh, 12 tackles versus Temple. He's going to have to have a great performance on the defense. Uh, and Central Florida flying around making tackles uh, to give them a chance. Uh, but the big thing is South Florida is allowing 30.9 points a game. Uh, ironically, that's what they're scoring is 30.9 points a game. Uh, UCF, though, 43 points a game to 20.4. Uh, I think that's the big thing there. Cincinnati, or Central Florida's defense, I think a lot of people, they they only looked at the Temple game. And now Temple's won you know, three in a, or two in a row after the Central Florida game. Uh, so I think people who looked at that Temple game were like, oh, they allowed almost 700 yards. This is a bad defense. But they're only allowing 20 points a game. Uh, I have Central Florida winning. Uh, I just don't think South Florida's defense is good enough to hold up against a Central Florida defense that against any team that doesn't have a great defense just scores point after point after point against them. And I think that's kind of what's going to be against South Florida. Um, I don't think South Florida stands much of a chance if they can't stop them on offense. Moving on, Oklahoma at West Virginia, 7 against 11. West Virginia coming off that loss to Oklahoma State last week, 45-41, a lot of touchdown in the last minute. Uh, Oklahoma with that 55-40 to 40 win against Kansas. FPI gives Oklahoma a 51% chance to win. So very close, obviously. Just barely over 50-50. Uh, looking at Kyler Murray last week, 21 of 32, 272 yards, two touchdowns, one exception. He ran for three touchdowns. Uh, that's big uh, in a game like that when you're scoring a lot of points and you need to score almost every possession with your defense. Kennedy Brooks rushed 25 carries, 171 yards, two touchdowns. But the defense was the big thing. They had 524 total yards and 40 points to Kansas. I want to pick Oklahoma in this game because West Virginia just lost. I think they're in a spot where they're they're out of the playoff picture now. I don't know. It's at home, though. It is senior day. The thing, I just don't know about this Oklahoma defense allowing that yards against Kansas. Looking at Will Greer, even last week against Oklahoma State, 27 of 48, 364 yards, two touchdowns and receptions. Running back Kennedy McCoy, 21 carries, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. Their defense allowed 604 yards against Oklahoma State and 45 points. I this game is going to be a shootout. It's going to be, it's going to be like the Monday night game last night, 54-51, something like that. It's going to be a very close game. Oklahoma scoring 49 a game. West Virginia scoring 41 a game. Oklahoma allowing 30.7. West Virginia allowing 23.3. It's just. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. West Virginia at home. I, I've looked at, I, don't, I mean, Oklahoma fired their defensive coordinator. 
tried to make changes on the defense that hasn't worked. I don't I don't know how I don't know who to go with. This is I'm gonna come back to this one at the end and give you a pick. I just at the time right now, you know, you can make an argument Oklahoma to win because of their offense. You could make an you could make an argument that they're gonna lose because of their defense, but you also look at West Virginia's defense along six hundred and four yards last week. It's it, I'll come back to it. Anyway, moving on. Washington ranked sixteenth in my poll at number eight, Washington State. Washington State's still in the playoff picture. Favored in the Apple Cup for the first time in a while. Uh, I saw that I don't remember how many years it was. A few years, for sure, since they've been favored in the Apple Cup. Uh, FPI gives them a 54.5% chance to win. Washington beat Oregon State 42-23 last week. Washington State beat Arizona 69-28. Jake Browning had a pretty good day against Oregon State. 17-23, 242 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Miles Gaskin had a touchdown and 135 yards rushing. But the big thing that they did is their defense camp forced two fumbles. Also, 2 of 14 on third down is what they forced against Oregon State. That's how you're going to win the game is forcing a team to into third down situations and then making them punt uh, rather than letting them convert on third and longs. Um, but that's what they did against Oregon State, and they got the win. Oregon State, obviously not a great team. They're playing a much better Washington State team, a top 10 Washington State team. And Gardner Minshew, who threw for 473 yards, 43 of 55 last week, Seven touchdowns against Arizona. Uh, that's going to be hard to stop no matter who you are. James Williams and Max Borgie, the two running backs, combined 13 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns. This is a team that doesn't run the ball a lot. They like to do you know, the swing passes of the running back. I've seen that before Max Borgie out of the backfield. They do that with James Williams as well. Uh, so to get 13 rushes for 100 yards, that's huge. That's something they're going to want to do against Washington this week. Um, when they get the when they have those opportunities to run the ball, can they cash in and get big yards? So that way Washington has to be aware of the run as well. That'll be big. Against Arizona, though, th- forced three fumbles and an interception, four turnovers combined. If they can do half that, if they can get two turnovers against Washington, that's going to be huge. Washington's defense is allowing 16.6 points a game this year. Washington State's defense is a little underrated, uh, 22.6 points per game. That's not, that's not bad. That's actually pretty solid. Um, especially for the Pac-12, they score a lot of points as well. But the big thing, Washington State scoring 40.5 points a game. Washington only scoring 28. Uh, I'm going with Washington State. I think Gardner Minshew is going to air it out, get him enough points to win. And I think the Washington State defense comes up with a stop or two, maybe an interception or two against Jake Browning to give them the win. They're going to win the Apple Cup and put them in position against whoever comes out of the South, obviously. Um, maybe it's Utah. Uh, Arizona State, I believe, still has a shot. Uh, we'll see what happens out of there. Uh, but Washington State's going to put them in, uh, put themselves in a position to possibly make the playoffs if they can get a loss or two from teams ahead of them. Moving on, Syracuse against Boston College. Both teams coming off a loss. I have Syracuse at 21, uh, Boston College at 24. Syracuse, great season, obviously. Uh, something we didn't expect, really. They were picked last in their division. Uh FPI gives Boston College a 61.7% chance to win. Uh, Syracuse lost last week, obviously, in Notre Dame, 36-3. I picked Syracuse, thought that was going to be a close game. Uh, Eric Dungey was obviously hurt in that game, so that hurts for them. He is out for the season now with his injury. Uh, Might not even be back for the bowl game, which is disappointing to see. Eric Dungey, just a great guy, uh, great player at Syracuse. This would be his first bowl game with them. Just disappointing to see him get hurt as a senior. Boston College, though, lost to Florida State 22-21, so neither team had a good performance last week. Um, Tommy DeVito 
was in for Eric Dungy, 14 to 31 for 105 yards and two interceptions. Um, you know, he was he was put into a tough situation against a good Notre Dame team in a big game, one of the bigger games that Syracuse had in a while. Um, and he struggled, which is to be expected in that type of game. Offense only had 234 yards, and they turned it over three times. That's something they can't do this week. I think DeVito will be better this week against Boston College. Uh, not as high a level game. Already has some play under his belt now. Um, but Anthony Brown for Boston College last week was 18-36, 297 yards. He had one touchdown and two interceptions. A.J. Dillon, 37 rushes for 116 yards, two touchdowns. But Florida State's 4-6 and six record, that's not a team that you can lose to. Um, I think Boston College wins. Syracuse is scoring 40 a game, but with Eric Dungy, I think that's going to be a huge hit to this offense. And that's why I'm picking Boston College is uh, with Eric Dungy, I think the offense is going to struggle a little bit and ultimately give Boston College a shot at home to get to that eight-win season, uh, currently at seven and four. Next game, this is a huge one, a group of five, uh, possibly for a chance in New Year's Six Bowl if UCF stumbles. 14, Utah State at 18, Boston or Boise State, excuse me. Uh, Boise State's really been, really been playing well lately. You know, After they lost to Oklahoma State early in the season, uh, we were curious if this team... Uh, was not they weren't as good as we were we were thinking they were gonna be a lot better this year possibly challenged for that with UCF for that uh group of five team into the New Year six but they did not uh early now they're back into it if they can beat Utah State they're right back into it uh, FPI gives them a 59 percent chance to win at home Utah State almost lost last week uh a penalty negated Colorado State's game winner game winning play and Utah State escapes to get to 10 and one but, you know, that's something that happens. You know, if you're a good team and you're 10-1, and one, I say this for every team. I know a lot of people say it with all the good teams. They always say, you know, like, oh, this team won against a bad team. They found a way to win. But then with the group of five teams, you don't hear that as much. You say, oh, they almost lost to a bad team. Utah State found a way to win. When you're having a good season, the breaks go your way. And that's what happened in that Colorado State game. Uh, Boise State won 45-14 against New Mexico. Utah State, though, Jordan Love, 15-24 for 169 yards and one touchdown. And it's Colorado State. He's going to have a better game against Boise State. Um, Gerald Bright and Darwin Thompson combined 26 carries for 137 yards. And their linebacker, David Woodward, 20 tackles against Colorado State. Flying around the field, making tackles everywhere. They need him to do that against Boise State this week. Uh, maybe get some tackles for loss in there. Uh, have a big day for them on the defense. Brett Rippon, though, for, New Me- or for Boise State against New Mexico, 17-27. 222, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Great day out of him. Alexander Madison, 20 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown. The defense allowed 262 yards and 4 of 10 on third down. Uh, That's big for them in that game against a lower-level opponent in New Mexico. This week at home, the defense, both defenses allowing 22 points a game. Utah State scoring 49, Boise State scoring 37. I'm picking Boise State. I've been high on Utah State all all or so far this year uh, obviously a lot higher than the uh playoff poll i've had him at 14 13 for the last few weeks um i thought they've been underrated but i think boise state's playing at such a high level right now i think they're going to keep their hot streak and beat utah state that's a close this is gonna be a close game um the winner to the mountain west title game i think it's just gonna be a great game night game but i think boise state wins on the blue turf to get them uh, into the Mountain West title and possibly a shot at the New Year's Six Bowl if UCF stumbles. 
Uh, we got four games left here, and here it is, the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, four versus nine. Every year it seems like these teams are ranked, or every other every couple of years it seems like this has a shot at, an, at a Big Ten title or a, even national championship in, implications. Uh, FPI gives Michigan a 54.3% chance to win. I think it should be higher, to be honest. You're looking at the way Ohio State played last week. Dwayne Haskins did a great job, 28 of 38 for 405 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, had three rushing touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins, though, had 37 rushes for 203 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, they just allowing 535 yards on defense and 51 points. The offense, even at times, just kind of, you just don't understand. And you see Urban Meyer on the sideline. He's got all these emotions. He's This just isn't the Ohio State team that you're used to seeing. Uh, if you see a day like that out of Dwayne Haskins where he rushes for three touchdowns and throws for three touchdowns, and Dobbins is out there running for 200 yards, you think they won 52-7 to against Maryland. If you, had, if you looked at their offensive stats, if, you, if someone would have told me they played Maryland, and you showed me those stats from Haskins, Dobbins, and you know, their wide receivers, whatever, I would say they blew out Maryland you know, 52-14, to not 52-51 in overtime. That's just kind of the Ohio State team this year, just not, just not really the team that you're expecting them to be. Uh, the defense has struggled at times. The offense has struggled at times. Not last week against Maryland, obviously, got them to the win. But Michigan's defense is a lot better than Maryland. I think they'll struggle there. Michigan, obviously, Shea Patterson, 16-28 last week against Indiana, 250 yards, one touchdown, one interception. They won 31-20. to That was a closer game. Maybe a little bit of a letdown spot before Ohio State. Um, Karan Higdon, 21 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. 11 players caught a pass, and they had almost 36 minutes in time of possession. That's how you win a game is get the time of possession up. Spread the ball out to about a lot of guys. That was 16 pass completions to 11 guys. That means barely no barely anyone had more than a catch or two. That's how you win games is spread the ball out. Uh, Michigan's defense allowing 13 and a half points a game. Ohio State's allowing almost 25 points. Uh, Michigan scoring 36 and Ohio State scoring 41. Michigan's defense is going to be the key to this game. I know it's at Ohio State, but Michigan's going to get this win. Uh, you don't say that a lot when they're playing Ohio State. It always seems like Michigan finds a way to lose that big game. This year, they're going to break through. They're going to get that win and put them in a position to beat Northwestern and make that college football playoff a spot. I'm gonna, I'll, be, I'll put it out right now. I was wrong with Michigan. I thought Michigan's schedule was too tough uh, to get them to the playoff this year. Everybody's saying this could be a playoff team. I thought, you know, two, three losses, maybe even a fourth loss if, if – um, you know, they had an upset loss in there somewhere, but they played great. After that, after that loss to Notre Dame, I know I was like, you know, this is, I'm not surprised. This is what I thought Michigan was going to do. I thought they were going to lose to Notre Dame, but they have turned it on winning 10 in a row. Uh, this, te- this is a for-real team. This is a playoff team. Moving on, Ohio, or Houston at Memphis. Uh, this is for the division title in the other side of the American. Um, the winner will play UCF in the conference championship. Houston eight and three, Memphis seven and four. Houston with that win against Tulane last week, forty eight seventeen. Memphis won twenty eighteen at SMU last week. Memphis sixty and a half percent favored by the FPI. The big thing in this game, Derek King is out for the season for Houston. Suffered a non contact injury against Tulane. He is out for the season now. Clayton Toon came in with six for fifteen for one hundred and eight yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But against Tulane in a blowout. You know, it's kind of some, it's not a lot numbers you can really look at and say that's going to happen against Memphis. Uh, obviously, a small sample size at 15 passes. 
Uh, Patrick Carr, though, running back, had 18 carries for 139 yards and two touchdowns. They forced four two-lane turnovers. Uh, they're not going to force four turnovers against Memphis. Um, but they're going to need Patrick Carr to have a huge day to even give them a shot with Derek King out. Uh, obviously a guy that can run a little bit too. Um, kind of that leader on the offense. He's had a huge season. But, I, I mean, Memphis, looking at their against SMU, they, that was an, an elimination game in that division. Brady White, 18 of 31, 226 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But Patrick Taylor, 20 rushes, 112 yards, and two touchdowns. Picked up the slack a little bit for Brady White, throwing two interceptions. But they also forced three SMU turnovers. Um, I think if Houston th- has any interceptions or a fumble at all, that's really going to hurt them because they can't, they can't afford with their backup quarterback in, they can't afford to give Memphis opportunities to score more and really put the pressure on, a, on an offense that could be struggling uh, this week. Houston's scoring almost 50 points a game. That's going to be tough to do with a backup quarterback. Uh, the defense allows 32 a game, so that's going to be tough. I have Memphis winning. I just think Derek King being out is going to be too much. Uh, I think Memphis's offense or Memphis defense is going to take uh, advantage of having a backup quarterback in, and they're going to get to him, force a couple of turnovers, and I think that's going to be the big thing for them. Memphis against UCF for that American title uh, next week. Two games left here before my quick picks. Another group of five game, Troy at Appalachian State. Um, 9-2 Troy, Appalachian State's 8-2. Um, Appalachian State's losses, obviously, to Georgia Southern and Penn State. They've had a pretty good season. FPI gives them an 81.2% chance to win. Troy, an underwhelming win against Texas State last week, 12-7, four field goals. That's not going to do it against Appalachian State. Appalachian State won against Georgia State, 45-17. Sawyer Smith for Troy, 13-27, 79 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. B.J. Smith, the running back, 24 carries for 94 yards, no touchdowns. They had 220 total yards of offense against Texas State, but they held Texas State to 284 yards and forced six turnovers. That's how they won that game, but it's also Texas State. That's not something you can that's – that's not a good win to four, get four field goals. Texas State's defense is not good enough to hold you to four field goals. Uh, on the other hand, Appalachian State played Georgia State, Zach Thomas – uh, 24 or 20 of 24, 282 yards, three touchdowns, and interceptions. Uh, great day out of him. Darrington Evans, 15 carries for 127 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Appalachian State's only allowing 282 yards a game, so expected Troy offense to struggle if they if that's the way they're going to play like they did against Texas State last week. I think they're going to struggle, and it's a good Appalachian State defense allowing 16 points a game. Uh, Troy scoring 31 a game. I don't think they get to the 31. Appalachian State scoring 38, 39 a game. Troy allowing 21.2. So I think Troy's defense is going to help them a little bit. But the offense, if they struggle like they did against uh, Texas State, this game is going to be Appalachian State's game. I think Appalachian State wins. Uh, Troy's offense will not struggle the way they did against Texas State. I think they'll play better, but not enough to win. Um, Troy would have lost against Texas State had they not forced six turnovers. But they're going to need a couple of turnovers uh, against Appalachian State, give themselves a short field maybe for an offense that's struggling. Uh, but I have Appalachian State winning and then making the conference title. This is the conference. This is basically a semifinal to get to the conference title. Uh, the last game here, LSU at Texas A&M. LSU ranked 10th, 9-2. Uh, Texas A&M at 7-4. LSU beat Rice last week. Texas A&M beat UAB. 
Um, neither team had obviously a great win. UAB is a very solid team, so UAB or so Texas A&M definitely had the better win of the week. Um, FPI gives Texas A&M a sixty percent chance to win, which is surprising, obviously, with LSU ranked tenth and Texas A&M unranked. Joe Burrow 20, 20 of twenty eight, three hundred seven yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Nick Brissett fourteen carries, sixty nine yards, two touchdowns. They held Rice to one hundred ninety eight yards and four fourteen on third down. Again, it's Rice. They have one one win on the season, I believe. Maybe two. Um, so, obviously, you have to take those stats with a grain of salt and uh, realize that that's Rice they're playing. Um, Texas A&M, though, against what I said, a good UAB team. They were ranked 26th in my poll before that loss. Kellen Mann was 11-20, 92 yards and two touchdowns. Travion Williams, 167 rush yards and two touchdowns. They forced three turnovers against UAB. They also had 11 tackles for loss against UAB. Uh, I think they can replicate something like that against a offense like LSU that struggles at times uh if Joe Burrow throws an interception or two uh or they get tackles for lost Texas A&M defense does I think Texas A&M will have a great chance to win this game uh LSU's defense along 16.1 points a game Texas A&M along 22.2 LSU scoring 28.1 Texas A&M scoring 31.1 I have Texas A&M winning this game that might come surprising to people the FPI obviously thinks they can win it's at Texas A&M um I think Texas A&M's offense is going to score enough on this LSU defense. Uh, an LSU defense that's only scoring 28 a game. That's one of the lower out of all these teams in these picks. Um, it might be the lowest of any of the teams that I picked so far. Um, uh, Washington scores 28, so that's .1 points lower. Uh, otherwise, that is the lowest of any of these teams that I've picked this week in any of the picks, 28.1. Not a high-powered offense. Um, so I think, I think Texas A&M wins. This is kind of an upset pick, uh, this week. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, but I, I think Texas A&M is going to win. Their defense is going to come up just enough to win that game. Uh, so that's my 10 picks. I have three quick picks here. Uh, Virginia at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech trying, or is trying to make a bowl game. They are not going to. Virginia wins at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech does not make a bowl game. Uh, cuts their bowl streak. Uh, obviously, then Virginia has had a better season than everybody expected. Again, another team that's picked at the bottom of their division in the ACC, having a great year. Uh, second one, Pittsburgh at Miami. Pittsburgh, I have winning this game. Miami, obviously struggling. A team that I had in the top 10 this year. I've said it over and over when I've picked Miami's games this year. Miami does not have that good of an offense. Not great QB play. Pittsburgh's going to beat Miami, and they're going to have – that win streak going into Clemson, and may, I don't, I don't think they can upset Clemson. I think it'll be a, a decent game, maybe. Um, Pittsburgh's Pitt, the thing is, is Clemson's really gonna, was going to have an easy shot either way um, with that division. I don't, I don't even think Miami was going to be able to contend with them had they played at the level that I thought they could um, at the beginning of the season. So Pittsburgh wins there. Tennessee at Vanderbilt. This is two five and six teams trying to make a bowl game. Tennessee had their chance last week against Missouri. Um, I picked Missouri, and Missouri blew them out. Vanderbilt uh, beat Ole Miss in overtime last week at home to keep their bowl chances alive. I'm picking Vanderbilt. Tennessee doesn't make a bowl game. They're going to lose their last two and not get a bowl game. They're at five and four. Um, they're five and five. They're not going to make a bowl game. They're going to finish five and seven. Vanderbilt's going to get that huge win. Derek Mason is going to take this team to a bowl game at six and six, uh, winning back-to-back games to end the season. So 13 games picked there. Uh, went through my rankings. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, learned a lot and are ready for this week. Oh, 
forgot actually the Oklahoma West Virginia pick. I I still don't know who to pick in that game. You know, if you weigh it, if you weigh it out Oklahoma's offense, Kyler Murray, Kennedy Brooks, uh, running back, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Marquise Brown, wide receiver, just a great offense against the West Virginia defense. It's better, one of the better in the Big Twelve in points per game allowed. Will Greer on the Oklahoma or on the West Virginia offense. Who who's going to win this game is the real question here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. That's the safe pick. Uh, West Virginia coming off the loss. Uh, Oklahoma State pulling them out of the playoff picture. I think that's just going to be enough. They're going to be a little disappointed after that. I think Oklahoma's going to win. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see West Virginia win. Obviously, FPI at 51.2%. Um, thought they, uh, the FBI thinks it's going to be a very close game. I think it is, too. I think it's going to be like that Monday night game last night with the Rams and Chiefs. High scoring, 54-51. Comes down right to the end. Oklahoma wins, I guess. Um, but West Virginia could easily win this game. I would not be surprised if I got this wrong. And I would also not be surprised if I got it right. So uh, with that said, there, there's all 13 picks now. They're all finished up. Um, the scenarios, hopefully you guys uh, got stuff out of this. Um, go ahead and listen to it. And then we'll be back for conference championship week next week. I'll be picking every conference championship, all the group of five conference championships. And uh, there's a couple of games that aren't even in conference championships. Some makeup game, or some games that are put together as makeup games. Uh, we'll see what those are and we'll pick, possibly pick those. But with that, that ends this podcast, and I'll see you guys back uh, for the conference championship games next week.